Welcome to the Grad Stories podcast brought to you by the Trinity Career Service. My name is Owen Henry and today I am very excited to have Eve Carl on the show. Eve is a social media influencer, most prominently on TikTok, as well as a social media coordinator for GV Designs, an Irish jewelry company based here in Dublin. Eve started her TikTok back in 2020 during her final year at Trinity, where she studied Spanish and Italian like us all was looking for something to pass the time during the pandemic sorry to bring that back up <laughs> little did she know it would amass her a following of over 40,000 across all her platforms her success in the irish creator community has earned her features in several irish publications as well as sought after brand deals sounds pretty good for 25 right so if you're interested in starting a career on social media building a brand or like me, you're still just wondering how these influencers make their money. Then don't go anywhere. Here's Grad Stories. Hi, Eve. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So I guess I'd love if you wanted to let us all know who you are and what you do now for work and kind of what your day-to-day looks like. Sure, so I'm a language student turned digital marketer, (laughs) (laughs) kind of in the social media realm. Um, So I'm semi-self-employed on TikTok and then my full-time, kind of almost full-time job is with an Irish jewellery company. So Mm. I do digital marketing and social media with them. So I kind of have my... Uh, I kind of wear a few different hats on a, on a day-to-day basis. I have a few different things going on, mm. but it really depends on the day, like what my day-to-day looks like, I suppose. So my day-to-day usually consists of being in the office, working for GV. So they're an Irish jewellery company that are based in Dublin and it's family owned. It's a husband and wife that own it and it's a small team, but it's really lovely. So I do their, yeah, their digital marketing and their social media for them. Well, I'm on, on a team of digital marketing and social media people. Most of the days in the week I'm in the office and then and Fridays I actually I work for myself so that consists of TikTok podcast which is kind of taking a backseat yeah. <laughs> I'm here instead <laughs> and yeah just editing and all that kind of stuff so it's kind of I'm trying to have a bit of a balance between you know my actual job that pays the bills and then my other kind of side job which is also kind of paying the bills Brilliant. but something I would get want to get more kind of into it's kind of it's something that's I suppose in the in the infant stages of taking off and it's definitely something that I see myself doing more full-time mm. down the line so just since graduating college I suppose it's trying to figure out what hours work best for me and and how to kind of navigate being self-employed uh, while also working for for a company. That sounds amazing Eve. so what what made you want to get started on TikTok or like social in general? I suppose it was always kind of something that I was interested in like back in school I was flat out on like the Snapchat stories and yeah. we were very like growing up my dad always had like a camera recorder we were always making like home movies so it was always kind of a thing and he's actually gone on to start his own YouTube channel Amazing. Well. <laughs> well he only has one vlog but he's, <laughs> he's bragging about it to everyone so it was always just kind of something that I was familiar with and interested in and I always liked making little videos, like taking little snippets. And I suppose the TikTok kind of started when I was in final year of Trinity. It was in lockdown and I was living on campus on my own. And I 
<laughs> I was just so, I was in such a bad place, honestly, course, yeah. to be very transparent. And it was just like a little project for me every day because I was writing my dissertation and I was going to classes online. But other than that, the only time I would leave the house was to go to Dunn's on Georgia Street or like go to Dunn's on Stevens Green or whatever it was. Like, I don't think even you could get takeaway pints at that stage or whatever it was. But it was like a little project that I could see through to the end of the day because I didn't feel like I was getting anything else done. It was like at the end of the day, once I had it finished, I was able to kind of tick something off mentally in my own head. So that's not the only reason I started it, but that was definitely a leading factor. The fact that I felt like I was being productive with something other Mm. than than college because outside of my dissertation and classes, I, I obviously didn't have really anything else to do yeah. i had like two friends in dublin at the time i can imagine it was such a kind of a tricky time for us all i think it was just bizarre it was so unfamiliar it was so hard to navigate and they were constantly telling us like oh classes are going to go back online in a few weeks and it was just so nobody knew what was going on of course so at least once i started that i had something that was kind of consistent and something that kind of almost it sounds cringy to say but kind of built a little bit of a community, community around indeed. it you yeah. know people who were in similar situation or people who were wishing they were back in college or it was just I think something people either related to or liked watching so it kind of that's how it started Mm. and it honestly just yeah just made me feel like I was doing something every day and I really enjoyed it and it just took off from there I haven't really stopped since and that was like two and a half years ago now wow it's crazy how something you started maybe as like a hobby for yourself turned into a career you know a source of income for you yeah and something which has you know generated thirty-three thousand followers mm-hmm. if i'm correct yeah you're making me blush no it's <laughs> absolutely so so impressive um, thank you and yeah i'd love to know kind of how have you managed to grow the tiktok what kind of steps have you taken to generate this growth uh perhaps you know brand deals or other avenues because i know you obviously have a podcast as well how have you found that journey of growing your audience across several platforms well when i started like you said it was a hobby like i never intended it for to turn into something along the lines of a career at all i was insisting that it wasn't going to become work i was like this isn't a job it's something that i love doing and it's going to stay that way but as it as i continued doing it and i realized that it's something i love doing it's something that i realized that I could turn into a career you know like they didn't have to be exclusive I suppose so it's hugely down to consistency I think and I was I had that time on my side at the start because I was in lockdown and I wasn't really doing a lot of course so I was able to make several videos a day or however many it was like I was constantly posting and something I've noticed with any social media platform is just consistency people trust that you're going to post they know they get to know you they're constantly going to come back and I think I'm lucky in the fact that I have so many like local people following me, which is really nice. Like I feel like it's something that everyone can kind of relate to, which kind of leads into, you know, like friendship in a way, which then kind of translates into so much support once you start going down the brand deals, let's say kind of root of it. People are so supportive to see yeah. you doing well, you know, when it's someone you've followed for so long and you start to see them make a bit of money or do well for themselves, you're happy for them. Well, I know like with people I watch anyway, that's how I'd feel. So I think that's kind of, that's really helped push yeah. it. I was going to ask, did you feel there was any pressure to, I don't know, stay sort of like a small creator for your audience? You know, I think in Ireland there is sometimes a culture of, 
you know, not wanting someone to do too well. And I wonder if you find that perhaps impacted your career, like a reluctancy to maybe take on larger brand deals and fear of feeling out of touch, you know, was that ever a fear for you? I think it's a really valid thought. Like it's something that I would have really thought about beforehand as well. And there's kind of like that preconception that once influencers, let's say, I, I don't really like that no, word, but you course, know what I mean? But technically you <laughs> are. So. <laughs> Embarrassingly <laughs> enough. But once you kind of do start getting a bigger following, and I mean a big following maybe to some people 5,000, to some people it's a million, you know, it's very subjective. Once you kind of do start to get that attention, I suppose, it's like the misconception is that you're going to completely lose touch re- with reality and start working with these obscene people and not having a life that anyone can relate to I think that's really something that Irish people don't like seeing like you said it's when someone has a life that's not normal let's say Mm. like quote normal when someone is doing something out of the ordinary it's it's just so common in Ireland for people to automatically jump on like a negative view of of that person there definitely is like you asked that kind of I do feel that kind of pressure to be relatable to continue to be relatable not that there's people in my comments being like you're so out of touch with reality but I think it's just I don't know it kind of comes down to just like a human kind of thing as well like there's a really like I think there's a bit of a line where once people kind of get a following they start making more money it's just like this whole other world kind of thing Mm. when it completely doesn't have to be like yeah there is that whole other side of it like the glitz and the glam but there's like you're still just so normal like you still need to remember where you come you came from I think is is a big part of it but there yeah there definitely is that pressure and I think I do try to stay grounded with it all like I'm not that I have millions of followers and I'm like you know, like running with fame or anything like that, like not at all. But yeah, there definitely is that pressure. Of course, with that though, I think from your entrepreneurship, from your TikTok, (laughs) (laughs) no, but it is because it's a business that you're running. You are self-employed in terms of TikTok and social media. Those skills that you kind of had to develop, such as promotion, marketing, you're essentially promoting yourself as the product. How do you think those skills that you've developed as a result have kind of impacted on your job in a social media marketing? I think it's a nice kind of dynamic because I think I've been able to apply so much from my own social media into the job, but I've also been able to take so much of the job and apply it to myself. Mm. Like you said, I'm kind of promoting myself as the product, but what I've actually learned in work is that I don't want to promote myself as the product at all. Like there's such a language used in marketing when it's for a product or for a brand. And I make a very conscious effort to kind of stay away from that. Like, and I think it's just because it's not something I would enjoy to watch really. Like if I'm watching a video and at the end someone's like, follow me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to follow you now. So, you know, it has to be like a natural thing. Exactly. Whereas with, you know, jewelry marketing, it's very shop now see more you know very acceptable to use those kind of terms you know exactly it's very like call to action kind of thing Mm. whereas I've realized that in my own social media I just don't want to do that at all it it needs to be a natural thing like and not that it needs to be it's just how I feel that it is you're essentially though trying to relate to an audience and they're essentially trying to relate to you and it's you're building a relationship there with your audience and people who follow you and it it can be precarious at times so Mm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's kind of trying to keep it natural. Mm-hmm. 
like the way you started it you didn't start it with the intention to maybe i'm not sure but you can correct me but i i it seemed like something you did for to pass the time a hobby something for fun you know yeah. and people want to see that um throughout your career you know i definitely didn't start it with the intention of it going anywhere turning into a career at all but i definitely did start it with confidence like i didn't really doubt myself in the fact that it would do well which sounds kind of conceited to say but it's just it's just how i felt about it like i just i knew the content that i was putting out is content that i would want to watch so i never really had any doubt that you know not that i was doing it to succeed or anything but i just i was confident in it of course and because my main kind of content pillar is like daily vlogs it's telling a story in a video and i think that's allowed me to kind of take that over into work into a brand and tell a story behind a brand because it's a family-owned business it's a tight-knit office and it does have such a story behind it you know it's owned by a husband and wife and i think you would miss a huge opportunity to not translate that through social media in your brand so i think it's nice that i've been able to kind of apply that and in turn what I've learned from work with my own social media is that I've learned to schedule. I've learned to think ahead. I've learned you need to kind of follow the trends. But then in saying that, I don't, I choose kind of not to do that a lot of the time. I think it's kind of taught me as well that you don't need to be disheartened if some of your content doesn't perform well. Because the algorithms, especially on TikTok, they're just so unpredictable. So if I... I'm used to making videos myself and maybe they don't do too well. If I take that over into the jewelry and I make a reel and it doesn't do well at all, I know it's the algorithm. I don't have to sit and be like, I'm going to get fired. Of like course. This reel didn't do well, I'm going to get fired. It's just the algorithm, which kind of gives me that reassurance and that confidence that a video is just as likely to do bad as it is to kind of go viral, you know? Yeah. So I've been able to kind of apply that to both and definitely just the organization with it has really helped me. Yeah, across across the two of them because like you said you know a lot of these views and outcomes are a result of an algorithm you can't necessarily control um how do you find your resilience has has changed or developed since starting tiktok i think you're dead right in saying that it does build a thicker skin i was never really naive to the fact that I would open myself up to any sort of comments online like of course that's going to happen with posting online but I think it's never really what you expect you know like everyone has their own insecurities and when you start posting online you kind of just presume that your insecurities are going to be the thing that everyone targets but in reality it's your insecurities are never what people see on the other side it's never you know I think I just kind of presumed it would always be comments about my weight or my skin when I struggled with it but it's never it's always something completely different like it's always like your voice is so annoying or whatever it may be someone's always going to have a problem with something yeah and, um but that's really true I'm, I'm it's really nice kind of you've opened up about that I think that must be really hard. Well, I'm lucky in the fact that I, it's not like I go onto my videos every morning and there's tons and tons of hate comments. It's not like that at all. Like I'll get a handful yeah. here and there. Was there a temptation to you at the start perhaps? Oh yeah. I definitely still look at them. Like I yeah. still look at them. But if there's a hate comment, I just delete them and Brilliant. block them because Amazing. like out of sight, out of mind, I mean, they're going to happen anyway. Like, I think people can advocate for people being kind online. And I think people should 100% like, People who leave hate comments are, I don't know, it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's it's bizarre to me. I don't really understand it, but I do understand that it's going to happen. 
So I think you can't really expect it to never happen. So you do kind of just have to build yourself a thicker skin, you know, to it and just realize that it's someone who's scrolled on your video. They've seen one video of you. They've seen, they've seen one photo and they decide to leave a comment and they never see you again. Their opinion of you does not matter. The only opinions that matter to me are my friends, my family, like people immediately in my life, because anyone else outside that's viewing me online and decides to leave a negative comment, they're not, it's not important. Their opinion, it's just none of my business what their opinions are of me. So I just tend to delete and block and that's enough. I kind of like give people second chances. I'm like, if I see a, yeah. a second hey comment from the same name, I'm like, okay, now you're blocked. No, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But something I kind of didn't really expect to to gain from posting on TikTok a lot is a lot of anxiety around my productivity, I suppose. I really kind of found myself not letting myself take a break with it. And I was really determined to keep going which I'm grateful for now looking back at the start because it allowed me to kind of build those foundations and have it grow on that. And I'm talking like I have millions of followers, I don't. But I've kind of allowed myself to just relax a little bit with it. It's okay if I miss a day or two of posting. It's not the end of the world. Whereas I would never let myself miss a day and I'd post at least once a day. Like it would be multiple times a day. So now I've definitely relaxed with it. But in doing that you see your growth kind of slowing down. Like if I were to be posting five times a day, I'd be growing five times faster than I am. You know, it's, it's all very relative, but it's something I've learned to kind of just deal with and that it comes Mm. in ebbs and flows. And you know, your follower count doesn't determine who you are. Like I'm still going to create the same content I do. Even if I had 50 followers, even if I had 50,000 followers, I'd still be creating the same content. So I think it's kind of, a huge part of it is kind of taking yourself out of that and not watching the numbers and just being confident to still be producing what you love no matter how many people are seeing it I suppose. So if with all this content that you're producing I guess a lot of people would be wondering how do you make money from TikTok and social media in general? Well there's lots of different kind of channels of income you can receive or go down different routes I suppose. The main one is brand deals so a brand will reach out to you asking if you want to kind of collaborate with them and they kind of give you a brief for a video they'd like whether they're promoting a new product or they have a specific campaign running that they want to be promoted they often look to influencers because it's such an untapped market I think in Ireland especially like it's still such a new market like so many people do not have their head wrapped around it that me included like it's so bizarre it's such a hard kind of industry to get into because there's no manual on the right way to do things I suppose in that industry like when it comes to a brand deal the prices you charge very much depend on the followers you have now some companies will look at engagement rates over followers for example someone could have 5,000 followers and on every single video they could get 10,000 views whereas somebody who could have 200,000 followers could get 3,000 views on a video but often brands go for the creators that have the bigger following so from a business side of it your following definitely matters but the engagement is so important as well so you can go down the route of brand deals and then you kind of have to negotiate your prices which is so hard like I said there's no manual there's no correct way to do it or set price amount like I did so much research into it and I still do all the time 
like trying to figure out prices to charge I'm like I have no idea and it also depends on the budget that a brand might have for that deal or with that influencer whatever it may be and then it also depends on if that brand is going to use your video as an advertisement so then you charge like advertisement rates and it's it is all very complicated it's not kind of as black and white as people kind of expect it to be yeah there's a lot more to it than I would have maybe assumed 100% it's very like it's very kind of business lingo and brand deals can go on for months. Like you can start, you can get the first email for a brand deal in January and it might not go live until June or July. Wow. That's when you post the video. And would There's, you get paid at the start or when it goes up or? After. You'd get after. paid after, yeah. Usually, I mean, there probably is deals where they pay you beforehand, but I don't think it's very common. You would, after you create the video and you've negotiated the price, you then do up an invoice and you send that to the brand and they pay you within yeah. 40 working days or whatever it may be. So that's the biggest way to make yeah. money on social media. But there's also, say, affiliate links. So if you're promoting a product, you share your link with your followers. And if they buy through your link, you get commission on that. Whether Great. it's 2%, whether it's 10%, whatever it may be. Now, if you're doing all this through an agency the agency will negotiate all of the prices and they'll also take a cut. So industry standard is about 20%. The, the agency will take 20% of of what you've made on that deal. And are you signed with an agency? No, I'm okay. not at the minute. So it's definitely, independent. I'm independent at the minute, but it's not very sustainable because really? I just don't really know what I'm doing. I find it hard to stay on top of all of my emails while kind of having a job as well. Now, not that my inbox is flooded or anything, but as in I'll get emails and I'll, it will be in my own time after work to respond to them. So it's like you leave one job and you kind of go into into your, your second job after yeah, work. Course. But it's just kind of staying on top of things and again, being consistent. And so much of it is kind of working with brands who you genuinely relate endorse, to. Yeah. Yeah, relate to, would want to work with. I think it's very, like when you work with a brand that it, I think it might be kind of obvious that you're doing it just for the paycheck at the end of it. I think it's clear to people and it's kind of obvious. So I've been very determined to not flood my page with brand deals and to work with brands that I actually use and that I actually enjoy. It's kind of a catch 22, you know, you're trying to make a living also trying to sustain a audience exactly so but i think building the trust is the main thing it's very i see why people go into it they see that the money is really good and they completely take off and they're posting a brand deal every second day i see why it happens i wouldn't blame anyone for doing that but i think so much of it is trust and once you kind of build that foundation it's easier to kind of work with bigger brands and once you're kind of a little bit more picky with the brands that you work with you kind of get that almost exclusivity not that I hugely have that or anything but I think it just people kind of tend to value your opinion you're not going to promote everything just for the paycheck I think you know it's obvious people can see that so I think that's important as well and something that I'm trying to do not that I'm really doing anything correct at the moment <laughs> it's just you are how I see it and what I'm trying to stick to you're clearly doing something right because (laughs) uh, it it all seems to be going pretty well so far at least um I think a lot of people would be surprised by uh, the amount of commercial awareness that goes into 
uh, behind the scenes of social media, uh, the business side of things. I think a lot of people just see the videos, they see the uh, TikToks, the reels, and they don't see what goes into it, the work. So it's really great that you're kind of um, sharing mm. how you negotiate these yeah. deals. And a lot goes into it. Like there's so much approval like before i've posted any ads i've done i've had to send my script over to the brand or to the agency that the brand is using to contact me when there's a third party agency involved it usually prolongs the process a lot more because i'm replying to the agent and the agent is getting back to the company so you know it's a lot of back and forth it can take a lot of yeah. time red tip 100 yeah. yeah but anything that goes up it has been edited down to the minor details you know like it's nothing is just one take and then it's done I think people don't really realize how much time goes into them and I do make a point of any ad I make I want it to be really good quality and I want it to be fully approved and I want it to sound like it's me behind it because it is me behind it it's me who's done all the work and the brand has a approved it you know the brand isn't giving you a script they're saying say this make this video i have to come up with all the ideas of those like videos what would e of carl say exactly yeah like, it's, it's like there's two brands at stake here there's yeah. there's you and then there's the brand which is asking you to promote their 100 uh, product yeah which also makes it so enjoyable because i can just be so myself with it and if a brand is very picky and choosy about that and wants really specific things changed and you know suggest oh just say this whole paragraph instead of this it's not my voice I don't want to do that you know yeah, so you, like you think it's time to walk away whenever it doesn't really align with your own uh, content exactly yeah. exactly yeah I don't want to put out something just for the sake of putting it out there I want it to s- sound like me and actually be me that's amazing no I think that's really interesting it's a it's it's a really good lesson kind of staying true to yourself whilst navigating a I guess, a very commercial world mm-hmm. of social media. Mm. That's changing so quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, changes so And the market's quickly. becoming so saturated. I, mm, to some extent, I would say, to a certain extent, I would agree with you, but also in Ireland, like the influencer pool, let's say, it's, it's still so, so small. You, yeah? Like okay. it's so you know you could put every single irish influencer into one room and they'd all fit you know it's still it is still very small whereas imagine taking every single journalist or every single teacher like they wouldn't all fit in one room there's still a long way to go exactly exactly do i still think i mean maybe you would agree i think you came in a very good time covid yes i i think so too i'm really glad that i came into the industry when i did of course um, I know you said you started TikTok in your final year at Trinity. How was your college experience for you in general? So college for me was, it was a very up and down kind of few years for me. I, I will say that <laughs> at the start, I wasn't so sure if it was completely the right fit for me. Just the environment that I was in and, you know, kind of seeing friends do other things, study other courses. Of course, you studied uh, Spanish and Italian. I did, yeah. I studied languages. And I remember just the whole of first year, I was convinced that I was going to drop out. (laughs) Convinced. But staying in the course I did and staying in the college I did, looking back now, is one of the best things I could have done. I was so apprehensive about it. But in hindsight, all of my best friends now 
are because of college. I was going to say all of my job opportunities are because of college, but not necessarily at all because the company I work for, I worked for them part-time during college. So I worked on, on the shop floor for them in Arnott's and now I've come out to the offices and I've made that step up because of my TikTok, you know, kind of acted like a wow. portfolio for me to be able to step into that role. So yeah, college was definitely, you know, there was times where I wasn't so sure, especially when I was on Erasmus and in final year on my own lockdown and COVID, mm. I definitely, you know, I stumbled and I definitely struggled. But I think looking back now, I'm really grateful that I did stay where I was. Amazing. I think it's really interesting how you kind of came into college studying one thing. I guess you may have had an idea in your head coming in of what you wanted to do. Um, I mean, for me, at least doing a language degree, I was thinking I was going to be a translator. Oh, yeah, for, me too. Yeah. <laughs> And I was I like the UN, I'm gonna the work UN. The UN. <laughs> and I think, you know, as you progress through the years, you kind of find out what you like and especially what you don't like. And sometimes that can be more valuable in your career uh, choices. Um I agree so much with that. Yeah. I think so much of college is actually figuring out what you don't like. But like languages were always a huge passion of mine and they still are. Just because yeah. I don't have a job related to my degree doesn't mean I don't still love what I studied you still definitely keep up the Spanish and Italian then I do sometimes I'm just back from from Italy so I did get Amazing. to put it to use a little bit and there is parts of me that wished I did work in some sort of industry that I used my languages more but for now I don't and that's fine like who knows what will happen down the line I think of it's, course it's important to know that no door is closed and languages has definitely opened a lot of doors for me that I haven't even seen yet so we have, as the TikTok is growing and the Instagram is following suit, what are the next steps for Eve Carroll? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose kind of going into social media for myself more full time. Like the company I work for is great. They let me go down to four days a week. So I have Fridays to work on, on my amazing. own stuff, which yeah. is great. But I just would like to do it more full time. I enjoy doing it so much. I really like working for myself and... Like I said before, I'm not signed with an agency, so it's definitely something that I would be more open to now than I was previously. I think I was kind of reluctant to just kind of go down the route that everyone expects you to go down, but I, I, I understand yeah. why it happens. You know, it's the route that everyone goes down for a reason. So I'm definitely open to looking at a few agencies and going into that more full time. And I suppose my immediate plans are travel. Amazing that's in the near future and kind of stepping back into the podcast more I've really kind of just I haven't had enough time for that I'd love to give yeah, it more time you have your own podcast yeah <laughs> yeah how ironic yeah I know it feels <laughs> weird sitting on the other side of it <laughs> I bet <laughs> yeah I'm nervous sitting oh. on the other side of it but I haven't been able to give that as much time as I would like to there's also another new podcast coming on the horizon which is really exciting Amazing. but just really you know more social media for myself I suppose just being yeah. more kind of more self-employed is really the goal at the end of the day I really have discovered how much I like working for myself and how much I want to make that my full-time reality so I suppose those are my plans for now but anything can change like it's such an ever-changing industry and I suppose the internet could collapse and I could lose everything overnight of course. but <laughs> it's still not let's those, hope not no, yeah, uh, fingers <laughs> crossed maybe not but like I suppose I still won't lose those impressions I've made on people and those connections I've made so at least there's still that but yeah those are my plans for now that's lovely 
Um, I guess that's as far as we'll go today, Eve. Thank you so much for joining again. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak. I feel like I've really come full circle. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Graduating Trinity and now From on a, a Trinity podcast. To being on the podcast. Yeah. It's lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to have you, Eve. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Grad Stories. For more information on this episode, you can view the show notes in the description or visit tce.ie forward slash careers. Don't forget to follow our Instagram at trinity.careers.service for all our latest updates. Thank you and goodbye.